Welcome to Leadership Starts on the Inside, a Lead Like Jesus podcast. Hello, Kingdom Leaders. This is the Lead Like Jesus podcast where leadership starts on the inside. As always, we're joined by Rich Cummins, CEO of Lead Like Jesus, and I am your co-host, Freddie Scott. We're so glad that you're joining us again today. On today's episode, we're going to give you more of our last episode. Today, we're again talking about feedback and how refusing to heed feedback creates blind spots in our lives and, and, and prohibits us from leading at the highest levels. And as always, we'll conclude with a prayer to help reinforce your walk with the Lord. You know, we started last uh, in our last episode talking about really a little known story about Henry Ford. Uh, I, I, everyone typically knows the success that he had in, in creating the Model T and Ford Motor Company and all of that. But really, it was this leadership uh, flaw that, mm-hmm. he, uh, that he had that we are able to glean on and see how, you know, this piece that Jesus talks about, that the Word of God gives us instruction on, that if you feel like you're called to accomplish high things, or even if you've uh, accomplished certain things in life already and have had success, if you don't guard your heart, you can actually stifle the growth that ultimately you're called to have, or even prematurely misappropriate your what you've been called to steward. And now God gives what you were to steward and give to somebody else because they were willing to listen and take heed to instruction. So Rich, why don't you unpack a little bit more about uh, what Henry Ford did, but also what he should have done as well. Yeah, great story. And many of us hadn't heard this part before. We all we all think of Henry Ford. We think about the Model T Ford, you know, the first line of automobiles, the assembly line, all of this revolutionary industrial work and and his explosive success. I mean, he was the second billionaire to live on the planet. And so how easy is that, Freddie, when you are extremely successful, extremely wealthy, to begin to believe your own press, to get, begin to, to, to not take advice from others and stick to what you think is the game plan and not willing to grow and innovate. And, and, and let me tell you, it, it had to be very interesting for, for Henry. I mean, he was, he was going against a cultural tidal wave. He just didn't know it. So while he was putting out all of these Model T Fords that were basic and they were black and they were no frills and had a lot of success, what he didn't realize is after the Great Depression, when people moved from uh, urban or rural areas to more urban areas and began to accumulate wealth once again, they wanted to buy things that were customized and luxurious. And what ended up happening is Henry Ford basically was trying to force his model on an ever-changing culture, and it did not work. And so what ended up happening is he had to shut his plant down, his primary plant in the 1920s for a year. That gave General Motors a head start to produce more vehicles and even brought more competition into the market by way of Chrysler and Plymouth. And it ended up creating a nightmare scenario for Henry Ford. And now the interesting thing is, Freddie, you mentioned how Sometimes what ends up happening is a leader takes it so far, and then because of his own poor leadership or her own poor leadership, they can take it no farther. And then God raises up another leader to step in and advance it. You know, when in the Bible, we think about Saul. Saul was very pride-driven. 
And he was also not willing to do what God commanded him to do. And I, there's a verse about the Amalekites where, where uh, uh, Paul was instructed to, to decimate the entire, the entire uh, foe, the entire enemy and not take back any plunder. But he wanted to gain favor with his, his soldiers. And so he allowed them to take plunder back. So his own pride, his own ego, and maybe his own fear uh, of lack of approval from others drove him to make a poor decision. And so what did God do? God brought David onto the scene. And then also even passed, passed uh, the pathway for the Messiah through David's bloodline, Henry Ford. Now let's, let's fast forward to the 1920s. What ends up happening is Henry Ford takes this company to a meteoric rise and then begins to tank it because he's too proud to listen to other people's advice and instruction. And his grandson, has to step in eventually to begin to restore the Ford Motor Company to some of the heights that it had experienced in years past. You know, I found very interesting with this story is the fact that the thing that allowed him to be successful initially was also the very thing that caused him not to be successful over time. Because he wasn't willing to innovate, to identify the change in the market, to, to listen to his team, to trust his team, and to continue to say, wait a minute, what we did back in, back, back in the day, of course, it's going to keep working uh, and, and work today, that lack of innovation. I remember someone sort of saying, um, using the analogy of, of water, like ever since Genesis, mankind mm -hmm. has always needed water to live. However, Today, when you think about water, you can get it from a water bottle. Uh, you can go to a water fountain. You can go to all these different places where water can be packaged. But do you think they have water bottles in the Garden of Eden? Was there water bottles around when Jesus lived? <laughs> of course not. But water was still here. The, it, water was still essential for our for our for life. But the packaging of the water has changed over time, and so you can still be true to the core of maybe what God's calls you to do, but you have to realize that over time, it may be necessary to repackage things so people can consume the very thing that's essential for not just their life, but even for what you've been called to do and the impact you've been called to make. Yeah, these truth tellers, Freddie, what, what did Henry Ford do? He got rid of the truth tellers. You know, what did the, the children of Israel do to the prophets? killed them, stoned them, ran them out. They don't want to hear the truth, but that truth leads to wisdom. And that wisdom leads to living your life in a right way. And, and God brings those people into our lives for a right reason. And if we don't listen or obey, obey, God very well may raise up another leader to take our place. Well, and you think about that. It's a very dangerous position to be in when everyone around you thinks everything is perfect, they're yes men or yes women. They never critique. Everything was great. How was the event? It was amazing. How was service? It was amazing. How's yeah. business? It's great. No one ever says, yeah, it was great, but we need to work on this. We need to work on that. Could you communicate with me on this? Uh, if there's never any critique or honest feedback, you're in dangerous ground and we need to assess are they not, do they not feel comfortable telling me the truth? Or are they expecting me to, are they, am I expecting them to tell me this? So now there's this culture of, I'll tell you 90% of the truth, but not 100% of the truth. 
And when you don't get that last 10%, that last 10% is the reason why things aren't going the way they need to go. And, and that's a very dangerous place to be that when people just feel like, I can't tell you the truth. So I'm just going to tell you, it was great. <laughs> that last 10% might produce the 90% of results you actually need. And so I think about a leader, you know, that I used to follow this particular leader. Um, he was self-aware enough to know that he lacked empathy, but he really didn't want to do anything about it. In fact, he used to say his wife had the empathy gene. And so as much as I would try to put my neck out there and really, really encourage this particular leader, because I think that was the one thing, the blind spots that that leader had were preventing that person from being all that God called him to be, be an amazing leader, just some blind spots. And so I, I would try to, to lead upward and, and actually express uh, my desire to grow more. And I asked this leader for feedback a number of times. And he looked at me and he said, you know, you've asked me for feedback more than anybody in my entire life. Stop it. Quit doing that. And I thought, oh, he just doesn't get it. You know, it, it's amazing. So obviously uh, being a former professional athlete, I don't think people really understand sometimes that process. You get coaching every day. Every day you are given feedback on every single thing you do. Mm -hmm. So much so you get feedback on how you wore your uniform, because if it's out of compliance, you get fined. You get feedback on the color of the of the shoes you wore. You get feedback on where you one yard outside the hash and one yard inside the hash. What where where was your body language uh, and, and with the weight of your feet on when you came off your stance? I mean, everything you do is critiqued, mm. but that's essential to be a pro and to be the best in what you do. There is no one that would, that in that space, any, anyone that truly says that I want to be great at what I do, that can be great at what you do. If you don't also get coaching and honest, candid feedback. And that is an indication of a heart transformation that I like we read the scripture in their last episode about how God will restore, uh, transform us from having a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Is your heart open enough to receive feedback, honest feedback for the purpose of growth, not for the purpose of they're hating on you or they're they're trying to diminish who you really are, but they're saying it because they love you. They say it because we're trying to help us accomplish this common goal, this common mission, and us having a heart that's open to receive honest, candid, open feedback is rare today. And I think it will be also very refreshing for the people that are around you to see that, whoa, you, you actually want my opinion? Yeah. <laughs> you actually want me to share my ideas? I think that would energize the people around you, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, because you're valuing their input. Absolutely. And so they know that they have influence with you. And we talk about leadership, uh, lead like Jesus being anytime we influence the thinking, behavior, or development of another person. And oftentimes that happens uh, upward. It, ha it can happen. The best influence can happen from the people around us that we trust, that maybe we are leading that we need to be able to hear what they're what they have to say. And another indicator, Freddie, is accepting feedback and even a rebuke is wisdom. And the opposite of that 
is a fool, a person who, who uh, pushes off that wisdom or even that rebuke. As we said before, that a fool is somebody who will bend the light of truth to themselves as opposed to somebody seeking wisdom who will bend his or her knee to the light of truth. But don't we see that so much today that people want to bend the information that they get, the feedback that they receive. I, I just want the likes. I want the likes. I want the likes. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't want someone to share something contrary to my thoughts or my ideas. And I'm going to cluster around people that are just like me, think like me, act like me, talk like me, look like me, as opposed to what God's called us to do, which is to be open and to be loving to everyone. And, and so it's created this culture, I believe, that's become toxic for true leadership growth, toxic yeah. for people to realize if you're truly going to walk at the level of leadership that you may envision or dream to be, it requires us to have a heart that receives that rebuke, but the rebuke is out of love. Mm -hmm. You know, the word of God says, God chastens those he loves. You know, if I love my kids, I'm going to correct them. And in fact, even uh, I coach my son's uh, high school football team. The only kids I don't coach would be the only ones I don't care about. Mm. Mm. I'll say that again. The only kids I wouldn't coach are the kids I wouldn't care about. Now, thankfully, I love all my kids and I coach all my kids, right? But in coaching, the only ones, if someone makes a mistake and if I don't say anything, that's a reflection of my care and love for them. So yes. for them to understand when I'm saying this is because I love you. Yeah. Because yeah. very few people, you know, you can think about in marriage, typically the people that really tell us the truth about ourselves are our spouses. <laughs> and they don't hold back. They're, they're willing to tell us warts and all because they love us. And that tough truth sometimes comes from friends that, and that rebuke, and we need to be open to it. You know, you mentioned uh, having yes people around you, Freddie. I think that that's a, that's a rough way to go. And it also, it's not, it doesn't lend itself to innovation. Another thing that leaders sometimes do is they, they hire mini me's or they, they bring people alongside of them that are just like them instead of having diversity of thought, diversity of skin color, diversity of culture, you know, which, which produces the best results. They just want people that will affirm or confirm their decisions. Well, yeah. sometimes these truth tellers say things that go against the grain of what we, we believe would be the successful way. And we need to be able to listen to that because there's probably some truth and wisdom in it. And I'll tell you another indicator, Freddie, another indicator is our past success. If we use our past success or selfish intentions and motivations like ego and pride to fuel our decisions going forward, then we're probably in a rough spot. We need to submit our will and our intentions to God and his leadership and guidance. And when he brings truth tellers into our lives, we need to be open to that. You know, I, I love this passage of scripture that we'll put up on the screen. Um, it says that uh, the enemy multiplies kisses, mm. but wounds come from a friend that can be trusted. I'll say that again. The enemy will multiply kisses. Oh, you're the best. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, no, don't change. No, stay exactly how you are. Don't make any adjustment. No, you're perfect. But wounds come, come from a friend that can be trusted. You know what? That was good, but it wasn't great. You know, I know what you meant, 
but the execution really wasn't what it could have been. Yeah. You know, I, I remember you talked about this being the direction that it seems like there was a shift. You know, whatever that truth is, typically, first of all, it, it, it takes bravery to be authentic and honest with sharing truth with someone. Mm. Because many people are processing, can you handle it? Yeah. Remember the line in the movie, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, because people are processing, okay, where, where, where is your in emotional intelligence level? Mm -hmm. uh, are you able to process this and know that I still love you? Just like, you know, how I talk to my youngest daughter is different than how I talk to my oldest son. There's a difference in emotional intelligence and difference in capacity. And even though you may have the title of leader, people are still assessing whether or not you are open and can receive feedback when it's not something that would sound good. It, and it could come across as a wound as opposed to a kiss. Yes, and Freddie, here's something to think about. I am for you doesn't always mean I agree with you. Ooh. I am for you doesn't mean I agree with you. And so knowing the difference could really help maximize your leadership to understand that you have people around you, like maybe your spouse, that is totally for you, but for you so much that he or she is going to warn you about the fire in the building that you should not be walking into. You know, and, and another piece to this that I think is also very essential is your initial feedback when you get feedback, <laughs> that initial response, be mindful of it. Because if I'm guarded, defensive, in denial, start protecting, start trying to, you know, act like, you know, justify why, as opposed to just listen, I can cause that person not to show that bravery again. Or it might be a while before they take that act of bravery and do it again. Or they may say to that next person that wants to tell you the truth, eh, you might want to wait because they really weren't receptive to me. You know, if we simply just stay quiet, listen, receive the feedback, even if we don't agree with it, even if we feel like it's not accurate, they didn't get the whole picture, if they understood, if they were in my shoes, whatever, wherever our minds go, just be still, just yeah. listen, and just allow ourselves to take time to pray. Allow God to search our heart. And it'll prove not only Will that feedback become life-giving, but also God being able to deal with us in our heart to say, you know what, there was some truth in there. Even though the way they say it may not be the way you wanted to hear it, mm -hmm. still don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? They don't, don't, you know, chew the hay, spit out the straw. Just, just receive what you need to receive and allow God to mold and reveal to you the truth that he's trying to expose at that time. So Freddie, here's some questions to begin to think about. You know, a friend of mine calls these life lessons that we go through earth school. So earth school, reality is the best teacher. We're all going to have a Henry Ford moment. And the first thing to do when you do have that is ask yourself, why did I react that way? Beginning to have that self-awareness in the moment can help you prevent future mistakes. Then the second question to ask with respect to that is what was the impact? Who did I impact? What did I impact as a result of that decision? 
You know, it's it's amazing when you start going through this process. And, and again, we're trying to simply give us all tools. You know, this is a process that we all go through. These are challenges that we all experience. And especially when you're walking in a, in a level of leadership in any way, these are things that we all have to deal with, manage, and, and, and hopefully handle effectively to allow us to ultimately glorify God in what we're called to do. Because I don't want somebody else taking on the mantle of something that was assigned for me. I don't want to go to heaven and God says, you know what, you know, well done, but you could have. Yeah. You know, at, this is really what I would have called you to do. But you remember those people that I try to tell you this? I was trying to get this course correction, mm -hmm. but you weren't willing to do it. And so I had to now take that assignment and give it to somebody else who would simply listen. And so as we go through that, I think this is huge for us just to have that heart to listen and to realize that this isn't just about us. This is about us being able to fulfill ultimately the assignment that God has placed on all of our lives collectively. Yeah. And so what do I do now, Freddie? And so the beauty of Lead Like Jesus is we have a ton of resources. You know, we, we exist to inspire and equip leaders to lead like Jesus. And one of those such tools that we use, a resource we have, is called the Heart of a Great Leader Study. And it's a, it's a study guide that will help you really look deep. What are your motives? How do I go from this stone-filled heart to a, a fleshy heart? How do I begin to walk out God's purpose that he has for me? I'll learn more about whose I am and who I am. And I know, I know we're going to talk more about that in the next episode. Yeah. And, and I realized that, you know, we're unpacking a lot because really how we respond to these situations, you know, a lot of it can be conditioned based upon our upbringing, uh, pa our past, our wiring, you know, there, we have an amazing tool called the biblical disc, understanding how you process information, how God created you. And, and so there's a lot to it. And so using and leveraging these tools allows you to unpack your personal story, how God created you personally, because we're all different, we're all unique, but there's some common trends and threads that we're able to see through the lens of scripture that can help give us some understanding to why I may have a struggle in this area. And, and again, we simply want to help give you the tools to help you accomplish all that God has for you. Rich, would you mind praying for these kingdom leaders, uh, these amazing men and women who, who've answered the call? You know, they're, they're, they're here, they're listening, they're watching, they're taking notes, they're sharing with others. Can you pray with them uh, that we continue to be able to be open to the feedback that God has for us? Be glad to, Freddie. And as a reminder, we're not done yet. You get a bonus episode. So in the next episode, we're going to talk more about feedback. In particular, we're going to focus in on Jesus and how he handled feedback and his model for perfect leadership. And so join me in prayer, if you will. Heavenly Father, gracious God, we just thank you. We thank you for the person of Jesus who came in flesh. He was 100% God and 100% man, and he came to save all of our lives for eternity. And we thank you for that, Lord God. And we thank you for the leadership example that Jesus set before us when he led with his heart, his hands, and his habits, and his head, Lord God. And your word talks a lot about 
wisdom, Lord Jesus. And Jesus brought the truth and he brought wisdom and he counseled others with that. And I pray, Lord God, when people are being Jesus to us and they bring us wisdom, that we would heed that wisdom, Lord God. Help us to have a mind and a heart for the truth tellers and then help us to apply that truth in a right way so that we can stay on purpose and walk out the calling that you've given to each one of us. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Kingdom Leaders, thank you again for joining us. Again, you don't want to miss the next episode. We are literally looking to Jesus and see how can we model what he showed us so we can get victory in this area of receiving feedback. Until then, that was Rich Cummins. I'm Freddie Scott. We can't wait to see you next time. And don't forget, leadership starts on the inside. Thanks for listening to Leadership Starts on the Inside, a Lead Like Jesus podcast. Learn more and get access to other resources at leadlikejesus.com.